You're talking about spiritual ignorance. Say amen right there. Jesus Christ went to the cross for you. He shed his blood for you so that you might live a lifestyle of holiness, not that holy mess that we were talking about. Church, I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to attempt to wrap up the back half of a teaching that we began last week. It's very significant. It's very timely. It's titled, The Winnowing Fork. We're talking about the warnings of God and how we might be in receipt of those warnings. Now, think about this. God offers these warnings. How does He do that? What is the mechanism by which He does that? How do those warnings get to you? How do they get to me? That's what we're going to be talking about here in just a few moments. I have one verse uh, that I want to read for you, which is a parallel to the text passage, which is Luke chapter 3, but I'm going to be going to Hebrews chapter Four. Before I read that, let me encourage you, if you're listening to us online, in particular if you're listening to this teaching on YouTube, I would encourage you to subscribe to my channel. There's a little New Life icon right down there in the bottom corner of the screen. If you'd hover over that, the subscribe button will come up. You can just click on that. That would be very helpful to us, and I thank you for that very, very much. Going again to Hebrews chapter 4. The Word of God puts it this way, reading in verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active. It's not dead. It's living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts going in and coming out. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts of and the attitudes of the heart. I'm going to stop right there. There's more, and we'll get to that here momentarily. Let me encourage you to keep your Bibles handy. Follow along with us as we share with you the Word of God. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's turned on, tuned in this telecast by whatever means, and I pray that by your Spirit, through your Word, you would speak to hearts, help us to know, to learn, to understand that still small voice, which is your Holy Spirit, speaking these truths to us. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. In Christ alone, we have the glorious baptism with Holy Spirit. How many of you know that's God's Bible plan? Do you know that? It is. Paul really captured the essence of what's going on here. Captured the essence of all of this in his letter to the Galatians. 
I started to leave this out. I want to put this in just real brief, and we're going to move on. Listen to Galatians 3 and verse 3. Paul asks the question, and the context of this is somewhat different than what we're looking at, but it applies. He asks the question, are you so foolish? Why? Beginning by means of the Spirit. You started out with the Spirit, the foundation, Jesus. Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh, gold, silver, costly stone? And stud, and stud, instead of pursuing God's plan, which is Christ Jesus, there are those that no doubt you know that allow for, say allow for, they allow for things apart from their relationship with Christ the foundation and outside God's plan of Holy Spirit infilling and Holy Spirit leading to interfere and stymie God's righteous plan for their life. They allow for, succumb to the chaff. Now, I went in search of the perfect words to describe for you and to embellish for you just what is meant by this chaff and, and how it would apply to your life right out there where you live every day in and around Ridgeway, Virginia. And I really believe the Lord led me to this old Scottish commentator. We know him as Mr. McLaren, Alexander McLaren. And he saved me. He saved me on this because he had already figured out how to say this, and I couldn't say it any better, so I'm going to quote him. Now, I want you to listen to this. Here's what he says about this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, which says, If any man builds on the foundation, if any man builds on the foundation, Mr. McLaren says, All the builders are on the foundation. That's important. All the builders are on the foundation. He says, and I quote, Paul is not speaking about mere professed Christians who had no faith at all in them and no real union with Jesus Christ. These builders were on the foundation. They were building on the foundation. There was a principle deep down in their lives which really lay at the bottom of their lives and yet, watch this, had not come to such dominating power as to mold and purify and make harmonious within itself or with itself the life that was reared upon it. Boy, those commentators can wax eloquent sometimes, can't they? Let me summarize this for you. Let me break this down and put it into Ridgeway for you. In fact, I might even go off the deep end and put this in Satspahal for you this morning. If Satspahal can understand it, anybody ought to be able to. Say amen right there. I'm headed to number seven on your study notes. I'm thinking... Look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh. <laughs> we are all too familiar with persons, men, women, boys, and girls, 
that really are born again. They have had, have established a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. And they're even spirit-filled. They know in their heart of hearts that something inside them has switched or clicked. And yet, they're not strong enough. Put mature in the blank. They're not mature enough to master the whole of the Spirit-filled life. I'm trying to help you understand why people come in to the church, quote-unquote, sometime and establish some kind of a relationship with the church and the body of Christ and, yea, even God. And then after some period of time, they just kind of turn and walk away from it. Why is that? What is up with that? These have, I believe, at least in the beginning, they have real faith. But it's weak. How many of you know some people have strong faith? Some of you would say that I have strong faith. You know, you go through certain things over and over and over again, and God proves Himself to you. It builds your faith. How many of you know some people have weak faith? I may have just told you why. But these have real faith, but it's weak. Watch this. And it's tainted with genuine spiritual ignorance. How many of you know that genuine spiritual ignorance is not anything to be ashamed of? Is Tucker in here? But how many of you know stupidity is totally something to be ashamed of? Did you pick up what I'm putting down? Genuine spiritual ignorance. Watch this. There are people right here in Henry County, Virginia. There may be some of you staring back at me right now, and I know there probably are because I see what you post on Facebook. (laughs) We better move to Instagram or whatever the latest thing is. Pastor Terry's on to us. You're right. Did y'all know that when you post on Facebook, other people see it? (laughs) There are people right here in our own neck of the woods that do not have a clue what is in here. And they will tell you they believe it. Uh, Do you read it? Uh, 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 In the Hebrew, that would be no. (laughs) Read it once, didn't understand it. Goes to my point. Genuine spiritual ignorance. Listen, you don't come into this world with a knowledge of the Word of God. You have to read it and study it and be around places like this where it's taught by people that have read it and studied it and experienced it and been through the hard knocks and figured out some things. And you begin to grow. That's called maturing. By an uplifted hand, how many of you here this morning come out of the womb riding a bicycle? For those of you listening by live stream, I didn't get nary a response on that. How many of you can ride a bicycle now? I think I still can. I can ride a motorcycle. I guess I can ride a bicycle. Neither did you come into this world with a thorough knowledge of this. 
Were you ashamed of yourself that you didn't know how to ride a bicycle at 18 months? Probably not. But why do we let the devil and other morons make us feel bad because we have genuine spiritual ignorance? Let me tell you how to overcome genuine spiritual ignorance. Say that with me. Read this. It's just that simple. Just that simple. Read that. The Word of God is powerful. It's powerful. If you think some little redneck from Satspa Hall, North Carolina, can get up and make a speech and make any difference in anybody's life, oh my goodness, I have some swampland in Aston I'd like to sell you. But the Word of God is powerful. I've spoken... Word of God and watched it change people's lives. Was it because I said, no, it's the Word of God. It will not return void. It's powerful. And even if you read it, that powerful Word will change you from the inside out. But there are those who have real faith, but it's weak and it's tainted with genuine spiritual ignorance because they start out with God, but that's as far as they ever get. They're like that guy. I think I've told you this before. I've had the, the privilege of going to my 40-year high school reunion. There's always that one dude that comes back to the 40th anniversary still dressed like he was in high school. You know what I'm saying? Bell bottoms, flowered his shirts. I'm like, will you get over that? Mature, grow, grow up. There, there, are the, there are those on the foundation, but their everyday lives are interlaced with the most flimsy balance of good and evil. One moment, such persons strike you with this with self-sacrificing thoughts and heavenward aspirations, which proved to be nothing more, nothing more than resolutions that are never carried out. Let me read a little bit more of Mr. McLaurin, quote, And on any given day there is expressions of meanness, selfishness, tempers, dispositions, all contrary of the former impulses. One moment they're all fire and love. The next moment ice and selfishness. One day they're all for God. The next day all for the world, the flesh and the devil. It reminds me, and I hate to pick on old Peter, but this reminds me of Peter. Peter uh, uh, apparently left everything behind in order to follow after Jesus. And then in just a little while, the fervor was gone. The fire had died down. And that same Peter swore to God he didn't know who Jesus was. That's chaff. That's chaff. Chaff is a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Why is chaff a bad idea? Pastor, my preacher said, sin's not all that bad. We all do it every day in void thought and deed. 
will bully for him. Listen to what the Word of God says, and you make the call. What happens to this chaff? We're told in verse 13, his work, the chaff, the gold, the silver, those things, will be shown for what it is because the day, mark my word, the day is coming. The day will bring it to light. You might hide it now, but the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with or proven by, look at this, fire. Wow. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If, he has, if what he has built survives the foundation, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, all that other stuff, the gold, the silver, the wood, the hay, the stubble, the, the meanness, the acting crazy, it'll be burned up. He, he will suffer loss. There'll be no reward from that. He himself will be saved, it says, but only as one escaping through the flames. Yeah, I really have a hard time understanding people that have this mentality. As long as I'm going to heaven, even if I smell like smoke, and I'm not talking about, this is not a message on temperance. I'm not talking about cigarettes. I'm talking about the fire that burns away the chaff. Even if I go to heaven smelling like smoke, boy, I'm going to have a good time here and blah, 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 blah. You talking about spiritual ignorance. Say amen right there. Jesus Christ went to the cross for you. He shed his blood for you so that you might live a lifestyle of holiness, not that holy mess that we were talking about. Listen, and I'm going to close with this here sometime in the next hour. Our efforts, church, for God's kingdom will necessarily undergo and endure a threshing and a winnowing. Our efforts will be put to the test. Our attitudes will be put to the test. Our motivation will be put to the test. If those efforts pass the test, there's rewards in store. Isn't that great? But if those efforts do not pass... They will be like the chaff from a threshing. They'll be gathered up into a pile and burned up, done away with. Watch this. Proving of no benefit to the worker. In other words, the gold, the silver, all of those things, the wood, the hay, the stubble, all of that is just a big waste of time. Let me see if I can drastically close this down by asking this question. What is, and I'm headed to number eight on your study notes. I want to fill this in because some of you just won't feel like you're, you can go to heaven if we don't fill all these blanks in. What is Jesus' winnowing fork? Again, we're told that he has it in his hand. Now, I don't know about you, but if Jesus has something in his hand, I don't know what it is. What is Jesus' winnowing fork? Fill this in with me. His word acts as a winnowing fork. 
I'm not going there, but if you would look in Jeremiah 23, 29, this is hot off the press. You may want to write down the address, Jeremiah 23, 29. God helps us to see that his word is like a hammer. Somebody tell me where you hold a hammer in your hand. His word's like a hammer. It's in his hand. Ephesians, you may be a little more familiar with this passage, chapter 6, verse 17, talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Where do you hold a sword? In your hand. His word acts as a winnowing fork. Look in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. We are told for the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing Weak from the chaff, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare, excuse me, laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Church, I'm going to say this, we're going to pray. And there's a good possibility we'll beat the Baptist to Clarence's. So listen up. The day that is spoken of in our text is imminent. It's coming. For someone, that day is coming today. We don't know who that is. The day is imminent. But I want you to consider... The present seasons of Holy Spirit conviction where we go through threshings and winnowings nearly daily. Sometimes it seems like every moment. Are you with me? We do something goofy, wrong motive, wrong attitude, wrong actions. Holy Spirit speaks. And we can deal with that right now. That's called growth and maturity. How are you doing with that? Here's the tremendous challenge from this passage. Not only does Jesus have a threshing, uh, his winnowing fork in his hand and a threshing floor and wheat and, and, and control the chaff and all that, but we're told that Jesus has a barn. Jesus has a he shed. Aren't you thankful for that? A barn, man, I'm looking for a mansion. Well, it's a little play on words here. A barn is a place in this particular context where the seed is gathered to. And Jesus is looking for a people to gather unto himself. Those who have established themselves upon him, the foundation. And they're working in the power of the Spirit to build upon him, his kingdom work not involved in all that other nonsense that's going to burn up at some point in time makes sense i'm challenged by this some of you know me very well and some of you this will shock you to know that on occasion i do dumb things i do i hate it when that happens but there's forgiveness And there is power 
And there is encouragement that comes forth from the Word of God when we exhibit chaff-like behavior in our lives. Now, we can let God burn all that away in the power of the Spirit, clean us up and grow us up and mature us so that we're fit to be stored in His gathering place. Beloved, that's going to wrap up this particular teaching. We thank you so much for being here and being a part of this. And I want to leave you with this challenge. We reiterate to you something that we expressed just moments ago, and it is just this. It's the making the distinction between our efforts and that which God has purposed for us to do and enables us to do in the power of the Spirit. So many uh, want to come into the church and have some kind of connection with the church fellowship and then continue on in their own power, their own strength, their own ingenuity according to their own agenda and they fail to realize that God has an agenda for them which is made clear to us and manifest in us by His Holy Spirit. Now, I talk about Holy Spirit a lot on New Life Telecast, and there's a reason for that. It's because it's very, very important, and it's part of God's plan and purpose for you. Not just the minister, not just the church leaders, but it's uh, important for each and every one who claims the name of Christ. Listen to this little, uh, this little bit once more. Our efforts will be put to the test. Our efforts will be put to the test. That's the threshing and the winnowing that we've been talking about. If those efforts pass the test, there's rewards in store. If not, if those efforts do not pass, they will be like the chaff from a threshing. You don't want that. You want your, your efforts to be honored and rewarded. And the way that that happens is if when we learn to listen to that still small voice of Holy Spirit and allow Him to work in and through us to bring about God's purpose and plan in our life. I trust you'll be challenged to learn that, to learn that process and to walk in that way as God has prescribed in His Word, the Bible. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's turned on this telecast by whatever means they may be listening at whatever time. And I pray in the power of the Spirit, that you would speak to their hearts. Help us, Lord, to know and understand that you have a purpose and plan for a life that involves your Holy Spirit living within us and moving within us to fulfill your purpose, not only in us, but through us out to others. God, help us to guard against doing our own thing and just uh, manifesting or facilitating our own agenda. May we find your purpose in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, I do want to remind you before we get out of here that even in the midst of all of this quote-unquote shutdown, new life continues to meet. We're doing that safely. God has blessed. Uh, we just continue to pray and trust Him for a hedge of protection about us. And we'd love to see you if you're uh, interested in being a part of a church fellowship where the Word of God is preached and people fellowship together and pray together and live out the one another commands. And New Life might just be that uh, place 
for you. We meet Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, and various and sundry other times throughout the week. Once again, if you are listening online, there's a little New Life icon down in the lower corner of the screen. I would uh, encourage you to be very helpful to us if you just hover over that. The subscribe button will come up. You will click on that. Uh, it would be helpful to us. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?